Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Dr. Jeffrey McGee, who has authored way more than me, 20 books, three college graduate management textbooks, four bestsellers, is the publisher of Performance P360 Magazine, former co-host of the National Business Entrepreneur Program on Catalyst Business Radio, and a human capital developer for more than 20 years with JeffreyMcGee.com. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Good day and welcome to everyone that's jumping in and listening and uh, viewing us today. Awesome. Dr. Jeff, let's go back in time a little bit. How'd you get started? You know, it's interesting. Most every adult you talk to, again, you have to define what that means by adult, but every adult you talk to, you kind of wonder, how did you get to where you are? Very seldom is anyone where they are in their life because it was this grand design when they were a child. I'm going to go A to B to C. But what is interesting in answering your question, to put it into context also for our, our listeners today, and that is, you know, when you can really stop and reflectively go back in time and identify what are all those lessons learned and, and what knowledge, skills, and abilities have you gained and how you can leverage those today and going forward, that's what makes you very valuable to yourself, to, to the organizations we're part of. So for me, how I got started where I am here is one of those stories. It's absolutely not what I started out. I, I left Colorado on an athletic scholarship back in the day. I used to be in much better shape than I am today. And uh, in journalism, and that was my fascination. Spent some time in Kansas City doing journalism, both print and broadcast. Loved it. But one day I just kind of recognized, you know, I'm, I'm about forward movement, optimism, solutions, success, positiveness, without making that sound foo-foo. I mean, there has to be a major dose of reality. And I just kind of woke up one day and realized journalism was a very negative, bitter, toxic industry. Um, and there are some exceptions, but it's basically populated with very bitter, negative, ugly people. And I decided that's not for me. So I left it cold. And, and as I tell people, if you're ever unemployed, there's always one job uh, in the world and in America. And it's called a sales job. Now, if you're not good, you may not keep it. But there's always a need to sell and move commerce, whether that's tangible or intangibles. So I went into sales and to make a really long story short, sales took me into adult uh, learning and development with Dale Carnegie and, and, and other training programs and, and pseudo distance learning back in the days. Um, that took me into working for a Fortune 100 company. Uh, that kind of took me forward down the road of getting into advertising and marketing and learning about people and growing and becoming more important in that space, became a manager and leader. Um, couple downsizings along the way, which is a good wake up call and pops the ego bubble. Um, worked with some uh, some great, great people, great bosses, 
uh, along the way and also had some interaction with some people that turned out to be very deceitful. Now, all of that's important because that makes you who you are. You know, if, if you're if you're whining and crying about the negative, or if all you focus in on is the Pollyanna, uh, you're gonna you're not gonna go very far. So jump forward to today. I've had several businesses, been very successful, and I work with business leaders uh, from revenue generation and leadership development. That's kind of my storyline. Awesome. I know that the longer version of that's probably in one of the twenty books, if not multiple ones. Talk about how Performance P three sixty magazine came about. Great question. So 30 years ago, I had a couple great mentors at the time, Zig Ziglar, uh, Brian Tracy, and, and gentlemen like that. And as I started my training company out many years ago, the company was going to be called Strategic Success Seminars. That was a great name. Uh, and when you're starting in business, you basically, you know, don't have two $1 bills to rub together, as they would say. So every dollar you have, you've got to be very strategic. Well, when I was younger, I wasn't thinking strategically, even though I thought I was. So for every buck I didn't have to market my training company, said nothing about Jeffrey McGee. Uh, first book that I that I self-published way back in the day, for every dollar I didn't have to promote the book about Jeffrey McGee, said nothing about the seminars. So in answering your question, one of my mentors was Brian Tracy. And one day he stopped and said, where, where do you want to be down the road ultimately if you stay in this space? And I started you know, naming names of, of the people and some of those have since passed away. Uh, and he said, so stop. Every one of those names you've mentioned are big in professional training and development or whatever category you want to call it. But Zig Ziglar, his company's his name. Stephen Covey, his company's his name. Ken Blanchard, his company's his name. So that's what made me pivot a long time ago to Jeffrey McGee's my business name. But at the same time, what I then realized is that every trade association has journals. And those journals typically are very focused into the lane of that space, and a lot of the content's very time-dated. So I started recognizing there's no publication on the planet that has evergreen content by true achievers on how to be more successful at fill-in-the-blank whatever. So I, I basically approached Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and all those great names back in the day and asked them, would you be willing to contribute an article for this magazine, Evergreen in Nature, don't have any money, I'm not going to be able to pay you, um, and give me the rights to that article? That's a big ask back in the day, but I didn't realize it. And every one of them said yes. So my business model was threefold. One, can I get and secure and procure phenomenal content that's not available anywhere else? Two, would people like you, I, and our viewers today want to read it? And three, then would someone want to advertise in it? And so that became the model. And so, you know, every issue I get phenomenal people that, that either I get a chance to interview um, or that are willing to write articles for the magazine. You know, it's just phenomenal, great people. And that's opened up the doors. And so what professional performance magazine and you can go to the website of the same element professional performance magazine.com comes out each quarter very few ads marriott mercedes um high point university or some of the you know core advertisers been with me forever uh and we get phenomenal editorial from men and women of all genre and so uh leadership is a, is a category so i always have a a, a national guard adjutant general write an article for me it's one of the spaces and places I do work. Or I have a tribal Indian chief write an article from their heritage perspective. That's always been a fascination of mine, American Indian heritage. Or I have a Fortune 100 executive, C-suite, write an article, or New York Times bestselling author, you know, successful people like you and I, um, athletes, celebrities, phenomenal people. But the real cue in there, Seth, that's powerful is that when you, what I have found, when you approach truly accomplished people, one, they're humble. Now, in their job, they might be a little bit brash because they got it, you know, they're a brand, they got to bring attention to themselves, but they're pretty, they're pretty humble. And everyone I've ever asked is very open to helping out. 
It's the people that are one layer below that that think they're great, that really haven't achieved it yet, are the ones that are the, the high-maintenance personalities. That is absolutely incredible. So talk about what, you talked about the magazine, talk about what inspired you to start writing so many books. You know, great question. So you and I are, are giving coaching advice to, to a professional of any age, but let's say they're younger. And especially today, as we're recording this, it's 2021. And, and again, you'll notice one of the, the secret sauces of Seth, and, as well as myself, is that we try to always look at things from an open-ended, evergreen sort of perspective, because that's one of the huge clues to sustained business success. Anyone can be a one-hit wonder. And if you're smart and you leverage that one success in the money, okay, that can take you forever. But very few people have the brain power to do that. So in sustaining long-term success, you know, there, there's a couple ways you get there. So when you're early in your career, what I recognize is that there's a formula. And that's kind of one of my ways I approach all business. Everything in life is a formula. Everything. And if you figure out the formula, then you can accelerate your success and you can replicate that success and you can compound phenomenal accomplishments. And that's what I do with individuals and businesses. So one day I realized, okay, McGee, look in the mirror and give yourself some damn advice. You're young and you're trying to get into this market space. You believe in yourself, but you're not getting traction. Why would someone who's looking to bring someone to the organization want to hire you? Or why would someone look at you as a consultant? I realized there was a formula set, and that formula was one. They're going to hire someone for reasons. Number one, credentials. You know, do you have certifications that makes you above the crowd? And the certifications stand for a body of work that you bring to the table. Or do you have degrees? Degrees are supposed to be another vetting process. Or you know, did you go to a school that excites someone? You know, you went to MIT or you went to, in essence, fill in the blank, Harvard or what have you. But that doesn't always necessarily make you the smartest guy in the room, but that's how people make choices. Then second category was body of work, meaning, you know, are you an inventor? Do you have a patent? Have you copywritten something? Have you created a product, tangible or intangible? So that was the second category. Then it was, in essence, title of your card. You know, what was on your business card? You know, you and I are of age where we were raised, right or wrong, but we were raised that you respected people because of really titles, whether you knew them. You know, you're the rabbi, you're the preacher, you're the priest, you're the minister, you're the pilot of the airplane, you're the police officer, you're the mayor, you're the governor. We re had respect. So then I realized, okay, so it's titling that will sometimes get you, in essence, the job. And then I realized, okay, so in my space, if I'm now in my 20s, okay, wait a second. Some of those things I can be working on, but you can't get them overnight. So then I realized, wait a second, in your life, if you had some unique experiences that you could write that down into a book. And so that was then one of the differentiators was, okay, what content can I really contribute? Now, here's the problem with 20 to 2010. 2010 through 2020, 2020 into whatever day you and I are living in as we look at this in the future is that everyone who has a freaking finger thinks they're a blogger and a writer and everyone with a mouth thinks they're a podcaster. Just because your fingers can move and your mouth can open doesn't necessarily mean you have anything worthy of contributing. And so if you took a whole lot of this off the planet and shut a whole bunch of that down, there'd be a whole lot of new free silence on this planet. So it has to be something meaningful you write or people are not going to want to buy it. Plus, if you write something that's not of substance, you're really going to damage your brand. So one of the ways I started looking at how I could contribute was writing of books. And when I started writing books, I started realizing people really valued my perspectives on topics and going through business through leadership and sales, those two simultaneous lanes. A lot of people may talk about sales or they may only talk about leadership, but I realized that 
I was in both, and so I started playing in both. And I can share another story later about what COVID has proven me right for 20 years about every business that's failing or hardly surviving today versus one of the DNAs I've realized about every successful business in the past 24 months. So writing became my major contribution. People started buying. Major publishers like Wiley and, and McGraw-Hill started reaching out to me to write books for them, and, and the rest is history. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's incredible. Talk a little bit about, because you've got so many different ways you help people. Talk a little bit about your online learning programs, your leadership academy, and your coaching and consulting. I love it. I appreciate it. So I really live in just two lanes, revenue generation, call it sales, call it recruiting, and in leadership development, developing the human capital. I've been using that phrase human capital development for decades, even though it's just in the last couple of years, it's gained fashion and, and momentum. So I smile every time someone says it. It's like, okay, you're just now coming to the race. So, so what I realized is people learn in lots of different ways, lots of different distribution channels available, lots of different modalities. So whether I'm on a stage at a major convention, speaking here in Las Vegas at Caesar's Palace where I live, or I'm in a breakout session working with, in essence, a group of a couple hundred people, or I'm in a breakout session with maybe a dozen people, or whether I'm coming into an organization, which is where I really like to roll up my mental sleeves and dig in, and I'm working through this program I've developed called the Leadership Academy of Excellence. Again, what makes you unique? All the time and energy it takes to go find a client for one sell purchase transaction, whatever it is, viewers, that you sell is the absolute wrong way of looking at business. You have to look at this from a sustained relationship. How do I help someone today, tomorrow, and in the future? So what I realized is that what's the leadership pathology in developing a person regardless of what the resume says? And I started realizing that there are certain developmental modules, if you'll allow me to say it that way, that people need to either be reminded of, like building block A before building block B, or if you don't have those, then you need to understand building block A before you can go to B. And when I realized through the Association of Talent Development, which used to be called ASTD, and the Society of HR Management, SHRM, and working with YPO Young Presidents Organizations, those three groups around the globe, was that some, some certain energy collided one day, and I realized that everyone's doing this bass backwards. My team has dysfunctionality. Oh, let's talk about and work with dysfunctionality. Okay, we can do that. The problem is that's not building block A, B, C, or D. That's like way down the road. So if you're having dysfunctionality, we can address it, but we have to go back to the beginning and very few people understand the chronology and pathology of developing the human mind when it comes to sales and leadership. Zig Ziglar, who's a mentor of mine and wrote the four to two of my books. And if you don't know Zig Ziglar, write that name down so you can get on the bus of success because you're about 30 years behind schedule. You know, I was visiting with him years ago and I said, so, you know, Seth hires this Jeff McGee, new guy in sales, never been in sales, uh, goes through whatever Seth has as his onboarding training programs, gets McGee up to speed, throws him out in the market space. McGee's knocking it out of the ballpark and being incredibly successful. Mr. Ziegler, why is that so? Why is someone new come to an industry and can be very successful? His answer, fundamentals. Seth taught Jeffrey the fundamentals of their business, the fundamentals of the industry, the fundamentals of the market space, and the fundamentals to selling. And McGee is following the process, and that's why he is successful. Second question. So now McGee's been with Seth Green for years and years and years. In his history, he's been one of Seth's rock star solid salespeople. But really, you know, lately, he's kind of like in the gutter. He's no longer knocking him out of the ballpark. I mean, he's okay. So he's not worthy of being fired, but he's no longer rocking it. Why is that? Mr. Ziegler's answer. Fundamentals. 
The problem is that once you do your industry long enough, you start evolving away from the fundamentals that made you because you think you know better. And then one day you're going to wake up and you no longer own that space because you got away from your fundamentals. So that's kind of a key element. So my Leadership Academy of Excellence program, that one, and my Sales Mastery Series, the second one, they align together because most organizations I've worked with all have a Salesforce sales team. And so that's a key element. Now, to really answer your question and give about a million dollars worth of, uh, of secret advice to our viewers right now, one of the key elements to my one-year-long leadership program, if I do my job right, then the client says, obviously, uh, you know, automatically, let's go to, you know, LAE 2.0 and keep it going to the next year, is I spend three months addressing what very few leadership programs at the collegiate level and in the private industry level ever talk about, and that is to be an effective leader, you must understand revenue generation. If you're an engineer, you're an attorney, you're an HR, you're in accounting, and that's typically the trajectory of where most all senior executives come from. The ones that are successful also have in their resume something about revenue generation, client development, client expansion, customer care, et cetera. And in 2020 through COVID and living in Las Vegas, what I've been preaching and writing for 20 years was proven so many times over COVID. I tell people is the best business pal I have ever had given to me on a Christmas platter. 85% of the restaurants on the Las Vegas Strip today, and this is being recorded in August of 21, are still partially open or closed a year and a half after the pandemic started in almost a year or a half year since they all opened. And all the restaurants are still closed and viewers listening to this, think about your own market space. Every business that has died, gone under, or is having a hard time making it, the senior leadership team may have passion about the business, but they have no clue how to sell anything to anyone. So I spend time talking about revenue generation and looking at it from an internal constituent and external constituent. And so that's that's a core program and we do webinars on that. We've been doing webinars a year. I have you know hundreds of hours of accredited content. There's another differentiator between me and 99% of everyone in the training development world is, is our program content's also accredited. So I do a lot of work with it with AICPA and CPA associations around America and have been doing that for 20 years. So when the pandemic hit and everyone was going, holy crap, how do we help people? I was already doing it because webinars were in my back pocket. I've been doing it forever. So it took people, you know, three, four, five, six, seven months into COVID as associations to figure out how to virtually connect with their members for training and development to get back on the plate to grow and develop people. And I was already there. So then the online portal is an obvious extension of that. So if a person is interested in developing themselves, which stunningly most people don't want to invest in themselves, they'll go buy more food and more clothes and more cars, but they don't invest in the number one asset they have, and that's what's between their ears. So we do have an online portal with self-development on sales trajectory and on leadership trajectory that businesses can buy as a business enterprise product or an individual can purchase on themselves. So again, books, audio, CDs, audiobooks. Uh, you know, again, webinars, articles, blogs, uh, vlogs, magazine, every way that's appropriate, and that's a key word, appropriate for me to reach my market space is what I do. And a lot of people in all businesses, what gets them in trouble is they dilute their effectiveness by trying to do too much that doesn't really go to their bottom line. Wow. That, I mean, that's a seminar in that answer. That is absolutely incredible. What Thank do you, you think some of the most common mistakes um, business executives and sales professionals are making when it comes to growing their career that your resources help them with? It's a great question. So let me go back to formula. So in my leadership track, I talk about a formula and in my sales books, I talk about a formula. And so one of the formulas, so let's just give our, our, our viewers today some real meat on the bones, is a formula called WP times F 
equals ROI. And WP stands for work product. Study the most successful people around you if you want to answer the question of how to grow and develop myself or study the most successful people in business around you if you want to identify what your best practices are so you can illuminate them and double down on them or you can identify their best practices to figure out how do you incorporate that into your cadence of your business. So first you figure out what's the work product. Then once you identify the true activities and actions and behaviors that you need to be embracing that goes to your bottom line, then times F, F is frequency. How often or how much of that must you be willing to do to generate the ROI, return on investment? So if I'm an individual, why are my best customers coming to me? Not just customers. See, that's another major mistake people make. I don't want every customer out there. I mean, the meetings industry says there's roughly 7,700 paid speaking engagements every day for speakers, trainers, coaches, consultants, you know, VIPs, subject matter experts, corporate executives, celebrities, et cetera, that coming on stage. Now, maybe today, you know, post-COVID, that number is a little bit less, but I'm still going to challenge. I mean, my fee hasn't dropped $1 during COVID or after COVID. And a lot of people are doing stuff for free, which is fine, but you have no clue what you're doing if that's if you went into desperation. McDonald's is not going to give you a Big Mac for, in essence, you know, 25 cents just because no one's driving up to their drive up. You know, again, you go to, to Best Buy Online or Amazon, no one's going to give you something for, in essence, you know, 10% of what it normally sells for just because some guy called COVID showed up. So it's stunning how in other industries, because COVID showed up, everyone freaks out and thinks they've got to do, you know, fire, fireside sales here. So again, that, 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 that way of developing in terms of what do I need to grow me, I'm, I'm going to answer by giving the formula versus specifics. But, but the bottom line is this. You study successful people, examples of WP work product. How often do they read books? You know, my books are anyone's books. So I'm working with one of my clients. The other day, the CEO walks in and hands a copy of John Gordon's The Energy Bus to every one of the executives in the room, 25 of them that I'm working with for the next several years. So I had the luxury of having two plane flights going from their office back home to Vegas. I had the whole book read, pinned and inked up all the way through before I landed. So I incorporate that book into my teachings because that's a clue. Hey, the boss thinks this is important. You better find a way to use it. So an example, I talked to him and he reads one trade book a month, one nonfiction book a month, one what's the pop book that everyone in business and leadership's reading a month, and then his own industry, journals and articles. So he's reading all the time. So what are you reading? That'd be one specific answer, everyone, to Seth Screener, how to develop yourself. If there's certifications in your trade industry, I am I'm fanatical about that one, Seth. If I'm working in an industry and there's a trade association that's appropriate for where I'm at, one, I should be a member because if I'm not, I'm not legit. That's how I look at it. Number two, if they have a certification, I should have it or I'm not legit. Think about it. No one's going to go get legal advice unless they're an idiot. No one's going to go get legal advice from someone who has an A, passed the bar, two, is practicing law in their area, and three, is in good standing with their bar. No one's going to go get, in essence, CPA advice from a non-CPA. No one's going to go to a doctor and go in and say, hey, I'm bringing my daughter in here, and, and I, I just want to make sure that you don't have a medical license. Okay, you got no medical license? Fantastic. And I just want to make sure you haven't, in essence, done some bad things lately because no one's holding you accountable. Oh, you're a, you're a real whack and quack job. Perfect. Take care of my daughter. I mean, I mean, that's stupid what I just said. So in other industries, what's interesting, Seth, to your question is that we automatically presume and hold everyone to high standards of qualifications. But what are we doing to develop ourselves? If I'm a CPA, I have to have a minimum of 40 ongoing credit hours of, of education online or in a live classroom every year to keep my license. Same thing for lawyers. Same thing for pilots. Same thing for engineers. Same thing for appraisals. 
So again, if you're going to do whatever industry, how to grow yourself, great question, folks, that Seth just posed, and I just gave 10 answers if you wrote them down. You absolutely did. We know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. Where is the best place for our viewers and our listeners to learn more about you? Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. Three places. Number one, the only professional social media platform is LinkedIn. You should, in essence, connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow me on LinkedIn. Every day I post something around leadership sales or self-motivation, and I don't sell there, but that's a great place to follow me and track me. Second, my website's jeffreymcgee.com, just like it's spelled on the screen right there. So jeffreymcgee.com and the magazine is professionalperformancemagazine.com. Any of those three places and anything I can do to help you, just let me know. All right, this has been Seth Green with Dr. Jeffrey McGee. Dr. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text pitch to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text pitch to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text pitch to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.